morning. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this place that we call church. And that is the family of God gathering here. The saints meeting here to worship God, to learn about God, and then to be sent out into the world and do something about our faith. Good morning, everyone. My name is Luis Garcia, pastor here at Pacoima First, welcoming you in the name of the Lord. You worshiping online, everybody here. Blessings to you, blessings to all. This is a great day here in the area, a little bit of rain. Blessings to all. We always pray also for the people without a roof over their heads. And, but we're blessed. We're blessed too. At this moment, as we have come today, we come with joy. We come with energy. We can come with some coffeeness. But also we come to praise the Lord. So I, I invite you with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength to praise the Lord. At this moment, please stand as you are able Pray, praise the Lord with us as we are led by the cars. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? How many know that your praise is making room for you? So whatever you're going through, praise your way on through it because your praise is making room for you. My praise is making room for me, for blessings and favor yet to receive. My mind is ready, my heart believes. My praise is making room for me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh. My worship, my worship is making room for his presence, his presence and glory yet to be revealed. The Lord has been so good to me. My praise is making room for me. Oh, yes. Oh, let's take it to the top. Oh, oh yes. My praise is making room for me, for blessings and favor yet too. My mind is ready, is ready, my heart believes. My praise is making room for me. Say, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My worship is making room for me, his presence and glory yet to be revealed. The Lord has been so good to me, my praise is making room for me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh. part it simply says making room making room 
My praise is making room for me, making room, making room. My praise is making room for me, making room, making room. My praise is making room for me, making room, making room. My praise is making Come on, one more time, making room. Making room, it's making room. Oh, it's making room. My praise is making room for me, making room. Making room, my praise is making room for me. Come on, remember that all week. Your praise is making room for you. Father God, we thank you and praise you for another opportunity to come into your house, to lift our hands and to say thank you for all that you've done, Father, all that you provided for us and given to us, Father, your mercy and your grace, even when we didn't deserve it, Father. And we never deserve it, Father, but thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave his life that we might have life. We ask you to come and be with us in this service. Bless this service. Bless our pastor as he brings forth the word, Father, and just be here with us by your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. He said, I will not suffer thy foot, thy foot to be moved. The Lord that keepeth thee, for he shall not slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is my keeper, the Lord is my shade. Upon thy right hand, upon thy right hand. For the sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. He shall preserve my soul, even forevermore. Now all the people of God say, my help, my help, my help. My, my help comes from the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord who made heaven and earth. He said, I will not suffer thy foot, thy foot to be. He knows what you're going through. The Lord that healeth thee. 
For he shall not slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is my keeper, the Lord is my shade upon thy right hand, upon thy right hand. For the sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. He shall preserve my soul even forevermore. And with the confidence of children's God, my help, all of my help, my help, my help, all of my help coming from the How beautiful is when things connect and in the name of the Lord we have a Bible study this morning and it's just what we studied. The Lord always provides. The Lord always brings what we need at any time of time. Any time in our lives. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time God is good. God is good. Whoa, I think we can go home now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And next week is going to be even earlier for us. Because I made, I made a, a note. Um, I made a note for me. Uh, worship service. 11 a.m. starting next Sunday. All right, so so uh, let's keep that in mind, especially people on this side of the <laughs> and and it will be good. It will be good. 
eh, because God is good. Amen, amen. So at this time, we will have our Bible reading uh, that today comes from the gospel according to Matthew in chapter 18, chapter 18, verses 1 through 6, and then 15 to 20. And please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you caused one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for you if a great millstone was fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth without anything you, about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The word of God for the people of God. Precious, please. 
need consecrate me now to thy service lord by the power of grace divine let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine draw me nearer nearer blessed lord to the cross where thou hast died draw me Would you pray with me? The Lord, as we come today, this morning, and as we are right now in this time of preaching and teaching, we pray that we can find wisdom and direction. May your Holy Spirit bring wisdom, discernment to our souls, love to our hearts, and the strength to put into practice what we hear today. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen and amen. Amen. And who is the greatest? There is uh, this thing in sports, um, not sure when this started, um, uh, to try to find the goat. The goat, what, what does that mean? Great. I think you knew more than I about this anyway. I heard uh, the comment that we in the United States, we are obsessed to find who's the greatest on everything. And, uh, and, uh, but let me tell you, especially in sports, you are not alone. We are not alone in the U.S., especially when in the world we talk about soccer or football, right? Uh, uh, then we are kind of on the same page. And, and you know, sometimes it becomes uh, such an obsession, who's the greatest, uh, that, that they stop enjoying the game. So that's ridiculous, right? Well, it seems like we humans in general, we humans, we have a misconception of what it means to be great. And it looks like the disciples were no exception. Especially when we read in Matthew 18, verse 1, that they come to Jesus and ask him, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So last week we started to talk about the cost of discipleship. 
And after that declaration of Jesus, that if we want to follow him, we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. After that, Jesus keeps teaching about how we do that. Jesus talks in practical terms about how we can actually deny ourselves on behalf of the kingdom in order to be real disciples, but also real ambassadors of that kingdom. And one thing that I really appreciate from Jesus' teachings is that he was not lecturing like I do sometimes. I didn't put that there. Anyway, but, but he, was, he was talking about daily situations and examples, illustrations in nature, parables, and especially bringing his teachings to practical and important applications in daily life. So let's dig into this passage, Matthew 18, and let us center on this very practical and important teaching we find in verses 15 through 17 on Matthew 18. Please have your Bibles open. You might be familiar with the text. Uh, I will read it for you again. Uh, verse 15, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault uh, uh, when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two other along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one, such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector, which means uh, somebody we don't like in our congregation, somebody that actually don't belong to us. So some people call this process how to fix your relationships in three steps. Others call it how to solve relationship issues in a Christian way. That's a, a good way to put it. And for the record, this is not a formula to get rid of somebody you don't like in church, all right? Forget about that. But actually, Verses 15 to 17, it really is a good way to look for reconciliation and peace. Personal peace, peace in the congregation, and even in other areas of life. But there is an issue here. And although if we follow the instructions of these three verses, and we can get some results, there is a common mistake we made if, a common mistake we made if we isolate these three verses and don't understand where this teaching is coming from. 
Yes, there are verses and teachings in the Bible that stand alone in one verse or a few verses. For example, the book of Proverbs has a lot of verses that can stand alone. But if we isolate these three verses, we have missed part of what Jesus is trying to let us know. We could miss not only that wisdom, but, but the why Jesus needed to teach this process at this very moment. So the risk of taking this teaching in, in isolation without understanding the context is that we might use this method of reconciliation for the wrong reasons, for the wrong reasons. And especially in our society, which is so competitive, and, and you know, churches have adopted some of those ways, unfortunately, it is dangerous for a church, for a congregation, because then it becomes the formula to get rid of somebody we don't like in church instead of a principle to find peace. One pastor took a survey and asked the congregation if they have had an issue or conflict with any other person in his congregation. So he found out that 90%, 90% of people have had an issue or conflict with somebody else in that church. And the other 10% didn't listen to the question. So uh, this is uh, to say um, that we all have conflicts one time or another in church. Did, did I say something is not wrong? I mean, it's not right here, maybe I'm wrong. We all have conflicts one time or another in church. We all have issues and finding a good solution would be, uh, as Steve Covey said, a win-win situation. Somebody said this, win-win situation. That's the kind of solution we need in the church and in this world, amen? <laughs> How can we do that? Chapter 18, verse 15, book of Mark, Ma Matthew. Verse 15, first part. If another member of the church or the congregation, the assembly... Uh, Sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If somebody has sinned against you, you go. You go with that person. You take the initiative. If a sister or brother has sinned against you, you go and you try to find reconciliation um, you don't go to confront that person you don't you don't first tell him or her some words to set that person straight no nope, that's not what the bible said no you go you go to find peace to reconcile and if successful verse 15 ends by saying you have regained that one you have regained that one. You have regained a brother. That's the original version. You, got, you have regained a brother or sister. That's my version. But, but the thing is that even if we are the person who, who has been wronged, we go first. 
We take the initiative. And by the way, this action of going first can be taken as a non-violent resistance. Because we go. Because we expose situations in a smart and wise and calm way. Situations of injustice in order to find peace. And you know who practiced this very well, right? Finding peace by declaring the injustice in this world, in our society. And you may ask, but pastor, we were the offended. They sinned against us or against me. So why should we go first? Well, when Jesus said, follow me, he is saying, do as I did. Do as I did. God was the offended one. We have all sinned against God. And, and yet Jesus came to you, to me, and to all in order to find reconciliation at any cost. At any cost. God was the offended one. And he came. So if somebody has sinned against you, you go first. I have found that many times um, we misjudge the actions of others and then we feel offended. Sometimes we realize that there was no bad intention or the action was not referring to us. So we need to be careful about how we do this, right? Another thing, there are places and times to use this method of reconciliation. I have a very quick story. Uh, I remember a youth meeting we went to. Uh, there were uh, maybe 50 or so youth uh, from 10 to 15 different churches in the area. In one of the activities, uh, the facilitator uh, puts us in a circle and quoted these verses. Uh, and then he said, if somebody feels aggravated by somebody else, go and make peace. Now, probably he did that in his church and worked very well. But this is a group of people that we, we didn't know each other. We, we were teenagers at that time. So imagine that. Uh, and so, but anyway, one person from the other side of the circle starts walking towards us, uh, people from our congregation. Uh, and I remember uh, that was a long a slow walk. <laughs> uh, imagine that, you, you who, who work with teenagers, you know. The, and, and as he was coming to us, we were, we were like, uh, who's the guilty one here, right? And it was not me. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell this story, right? Uh, yes. Uh, but the point is, there are places and times to do this. But it is hard these days. It is hard trying to find a win-win situation. If we are honest, the church has been bombarded from this world with so much conflict and difficult situations, and we have been definitely affected. Jesus calls it the cares of this age and the lure 
of wealth. Especially since uh, 2016, the political rhetoric, so much discussion online, uh, too much conversations, the repeated lies and false promises have created a distance in society have created a, dis a distance between families and even among members of congregations. A distance, a dangerous distance. And, and when we separate from our neighbor, when we put more distance between ourselves and a person that we have a conflict with, guess what? the less chance there is to solve the problem or the issue. That is why Jesus came. God in his great love could not wait to solve the issue of sin in our lives. That sin that separate us from God. Even when God was the offended, he took the first a step of reconciliation and peace. And you can say amen to that. Amen. Mending or repairing relationships is, is not only about who was right and who was wrong. But I think when we do that, we start to understand who is the greatest. So as the disciples apparently out of the blue asked Jesus in verse 1 of that chapter, and who's the greatest in the kingdom? Maybe they were expecting a very theological kind of, 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 of a statement or so. And then Jesus, verse 2, chapter 18 of Matthew, Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, when he said, truly, I tell you, he said, you better put attention here. Huh? Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, yeah, first, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And second, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. A child, or being like a child, is the greatest. Think about those times of your own childhood. You were loved, but you didn't have much power in the household. And yet, the concept of greatness that the world is trying to sell to us, and the concept of greatness, according to Jesus, are not the same thing. Even more, they are in completely opposite concepts. It is not about physical capacity, strength, or wealth. Rather, it takes innocence, humility, powerless. It, it takes courage and it takes guts. But especially, it takes 
love. Love. Whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So if we follow the reading from Matthew 18, verse 3 and on forward, we will find uh, and then again a warning about, about, a stumbling, about being a stumbling block for any of those little ones. Because remember, they are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? And then there is a short version of the parable of the lost sheep that we find in Luke 15, and how God rejoices more over one person that is not here. Uh, one, one lost sheep that is outside and repents than 99 that are saved. And this is how we start to understand when we start to connect the dots that verses 15 and 17 about the process of reconciliation is not only a teaching about reconciliation at peace, which is very important, but it is also the process of reconciliation. And this process begins with me when I understand when I care for my neighbor, when I care for the least of these God's children, when I care for the lost one, when I care for the one that is not here today, because they are the greatest in the kingdom of God. And because regardless of how it ends, this process of reconciliation, and let me repeat this, regardless of how it ends, the process of reconciliation, this action that we initiate is based on the foundation that even if somebody has sinned against you or me, we recognize the importance of that person in the eyes of God. That person is important to God. So that's why it's not a formula to get rid of people we don't like, but it is a nonviolent resistance to find peace and to gain the enemy. Now I need to state the obvious. This is not easy. It's rather hard. It implies denying ourselves. It involves taking up our cross. It requires following Jesus until the end. It is not easy, but it is necessary as we are looking for peace Honored, as we are praying, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth, as it is in heaven. Verses 18 to 20 is something that to study on your own, three verses, each of them serves a sermon. They are beautiful verses. We usually use these verses separately to make point of certain things, 
But again, there is a, a conducting line in the whole uh, chapter 18. And basically, he's telling us that we are not alone. We are not alone. And since we belong to a family, the family of God, and since we are part of this family with privileges and responsibilities, verse 18, whatever we do here, it has consequences in the kingdom. So we better be careful because we are accountable, not only here, but also there. We are not alone. We belong not just to a group of people. We belong to the church of Christ. So we are accountable to this group that we call the family of God. So we care for the well-being of the person, of the person sitting beside us. We care for the person sitting outside on the street. We care for the least of these, God's children. And so who is the goat? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? As each one of us meditates on this question, may God keep reminding us of how Jesus becoming a servant. From that position, he came, he died. And with that, reconciled and saved the whole world, including you and me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That is right. That is right. 
Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself, himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So this part is already done. This part has been done by God in Christ. It is in our horizontal relationships when, where, where we struggle to be in peace. But now as we have learned from Jesus, it is in the power of forgiveness where we can find peace among God's church. Because again, that is what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we ask for your help, your power, your spirit, so that we can amend our lives and grow more each day into the image of Christ. We confess that we fear what is different. We confess that it's easier to lock our doors in our community than to receive those who don't look like we look, love like we love, or even vote the way we vote. We confess that we have not lived out your call to share in abundant life and unconditional love. But we believe we believe that you have the power to turn us around to a way of living that covers many people near and far. So we ask you to do that today. We ask you to give us the courage to change, the love to love your people. We ask that you give us the energy, intelligence, imagination, and love to be your people in all we say and do. We pray for the feeding of the hungry, the people in dismay right now in many places of the world, Hawaii, Morocco, even Libya. We pray for the humbling of the church if it becomes proud and for courage wherever it is rejected or persecuted. Keep working with and within your servants gathered here now that we can love you, love you all the way. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, and our Lord, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. As we come to this time of worship uh, with our offerings and tithes, I, I want to share a, a verse from Malachi, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 10, and says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house uh, and Put me to the test. 
It's interesting. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. Put the Lord to the test. <laughs> As we are receiving this offering today, I remind you that in your screens you have the ways you can help to support. You can send your tithes, your gifts, your offering for the mission of this church. We receive the offering today. And so we dedicate this offering to the Lord. Let us pray. God of love and compassion, we ask you to, uh, to dedicate the tithes and offerings we bring to worship. Remind us that the work of reconciliation does not get removed from our list because we put something in the offering plate. But the mission is still, is still there. And our tasks are still very clear. We pray that we can be your feet, your hands, and your words to this community and to the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and we all say together, amen and amen. So when, when we talk about reconciliation and, and peace, and as I was a, a Writing the sermon, putting it together, I, I, I start singing out of the blue. Sometimes happen like that, right? <laughs> Let there be peace on earth. You know that one, right? And what is the next line? Let it begin with me. Let it begin with me. So please stand as you are able to receive the benediction. So as we are enduring the journey as we are following Christ may the peace of God the love of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you with your families now and forever amen and amen and let the people of God say amen. <laughs>